This is the 200 Churches Podcast, episode 46. I'll tell you what's really cool about it is when all these 20s and 30s and the, and the really young ones, the residents, they see we're not trying to hold on to the power. They see we're not trying to control. They see that we're constantly giving them the keys and taking risks. They love that. I think the 20-somethings don't want to be around the, the old guys when the old guys won't let go. When the old guys will let go, love being here. This is the 200 Churches Podcast, created to encourage and inspire pastors of small churches. Now, here are two guys who lead and pastor in a 200 church and strive to provide information and encouragement to make you smile, think, and be challenged. The peanut butter and jelly of ministry podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. Thanks for tuning into or or downloading or streaming the 200 Churches Podcast. I'm Johnny Craig. As usual, I'm here with my man, Jeff Katie. Jeff Katie. Jeff, it's, it's a happy week, man. It is. We're going to pig out. Isn't that every week? <laughs> oh, sorry. It is Happy Thanksgiving. This is the Happy Thanksgiving Churches this Podcast. This is Thanksgiving 200, not 200, wow. This is Thanksgiving 2013. 2013. So if you're listening to this not on Thanksgiving 2013, which is probable, just know that oh, absolutely. this is the week that we celebrated Turkey Day 2013. Here in the U.S. of A. That's my best turkey call. Is that gobble. your turkey call? That's the best turkey call that yeah, I have. You better, you better stay out of the woods, man. You're going to get <laughs> shot. <laughs> Very realistic. Well, today we have another Dan Ryland interview it's part what four part four dan ryland once a month part, part four. four of dan ryland once a month this is our interview that we did with dan ryland we've broken this up for your listening pleasure and uh today we talked to dan about a lot of really cool things but first we want to talk to you about the 200 churches podcast and also about the 200 churches.com website jeff uh, we love our listeners. Um, we love the people who download and, and who tune in, as I like to say. Uh, but we are going to be taking a little hiatus from the blog. A little holiday and, break. A little yes. holiday break from our uh, from our Monday and Friday blog posts between Thanksgiving and New Year's. So you'll still get the Wednesday blog post that accompanies the podcast, and we're not taking a break on the podcast. No, podcast once a week, every Wednesday. That's right. But the blog posts on Monday and Friday, see... Thanksgiving, of course, is on Thursday, so this episode is coming out the day before Thanksgiving, and between now and New Year's Day, which is on a Wednesday, there will be just the Wednesday blog posts and podcasts. Right. And so then on January 3rd, we would go back to the Friday blog post, and we would, after January 3rd, have Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Is so, that confusing? No. Okay, Good. Good. Yeah. Well, we needed a holiday break. Johnny and I are both, uh, you know, full-time husbands and dads and pastors, as so many of you are, but we're also full-time students. Yep. And our semester, at least my semester, Johnny, I don't know about you, ends December 23. Oh, that's terrifying to even think about. Yes. So we've got another month, about four more weeks of work to do. And my work is piling up. As is mine. I need to get to it. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to take a break. So... In January, when we started this podcast, I said to Johnny, you know what, we could get together and we could do like this leadership development time every week, but instead of listening to somebody else and doing that, let's do this podcast. We're going to learn and we're going to grow both in our understanding of ministry and our yeah. ministry skills, in our ministry thinking, and also in our relationships. So we started that in January, and I said to you, I said, hey, if, if we just even have 15 pastors 
who listen and are encouraged and inspired along with ourselves, of course, doing this, it will be worth doing it. And at that point, I thought, 15? Yeah, I mean, if we could get 15 whole people to listen, that would be gangbusters. I thought that would be just the best thing in the world. So 11 months later, almost 12 months later, we've got hundreds of listeners. I wish I knew who they were. All of them, (laughs) you know, you wish that that, uh, you could talk to and get to know each one. And the truth is, we can't. And the truth is, we started about a year and a half too early creating this podcast. Oh, oh, because of school. Because of school. But... We don't have time to even do this. What were we thinking? <laughs> but it has been great to get to know you, to get to know the listeners who email and who comment, uh, to get to know the listeners who are taking time and developing and growing along with us. We're part of this process, too. Uh, if you're being encouraged by this, we're being encouraged by this. And so uh, it's been great. I'm glad we didn't wait. Yeah, it is a lot to put on our plates, but I'm glad we didn't wait. But because we are so busy, we don't interact on the website as much as we'd like to. Uh, we don't actively email as much as we'd like to. Uh, and so we have big plans for the future of 200 churches. We're just getting this thing started. There's a huge, bright future. Um, but some of those plans will take a little bit longer to materialize while we get done with classes. And so this is our, we're sorry if you haven't gotten a reply <laughs> to your email <laughs> statement to you. There are a couple of you that we still want to reply to. There are a couple uh, books and items we need to send out to a few of you. And we've just gotten snowed under with really the progress of 200 churches, the podcast and the website. And we know that a lot of you are listening. I mean, we see the stats. And what we would like to ask you to do is if you are being encouraged by this podcast, just share it however you want to with whatever the people in your circle are. And again, we're, of course, focused on pastors of small churches, uh, but if it's in your ministerial group, it's if, it, if it's in your pastor's fellowship, if it's on your Facebook, but wherever you want to do it, uh, if you are being encouraged and if it's a good thing for you, then share it with others because it doesn't cost us any more or take us any more time, right. whether 10 people listen to us, 100 or 1,000. So go ahead and share it, and hopefully uh, we can get you know, my desire is to get more and more of you to be a part of what we're doing and a part of just helping us encourage all of us together. And as you well know, uh, last time we checked, 200 Churches Podcast, we are the only podcast podcasting to pastors of small churches. Oh, this was shocking to me. And this is one reason why through the spring and summer, when this thing was beginning to take off but not really... We kept doing it because we realized that people don't want to do podcasts for pastors of small churches. Right. I mean, this is what I'm coming to realize. Well, maybe there's <laughs> is there no glory in it? I I don't know. The the churches aren't big enough or I don't know. There just aren't any out there. If you go on iTunes and you do a, a search for small church ministry, I mean, we come up first and there is not hardly anything after us. And the world is full of the the Andy Stanleys and the Bill Hybels, and that's great content. We trust that you're listening to that stuff as well. But for the for the small church perspective, this is kind of this is kind of where the buck stops. (laughs) Unfortunately, there probably somebody could do it better, but this is what you're gonna get exactly for small churches. At least with podcasts. I mean Carl Vaders is out there with new small church doing some phenomenal stuff. Jim Powell uh, JimPowellOnline.com has a lot of great material for yep. 
for small churches. Dave Jacobs, we've had on the podcast yeah, the at DaveJacobs.net. Um, and then, of course, we've had our friend Dan Ryland, who's on today. Who I'm so happy that he is actually focused on small churches in a lot of his articles that he's written. Mm-hmm. And and for him now, now he has. Yes, he has signed with us for 2014, but when we say signed, he, you know, we're not giving him any money, nor is he giving us any money. I mean, we're just all doing this out of a love for ministry and a love for pastors of small churches. Exactly. That's so, that's our love. That's our goal. And uh, yeah, share this. Share this with other people. Share this with your group because this is this is really we believe important uh, important stuff and important work. Absolutely, Johnny. So now we're going to move into our part four. Uh, of Dan Ryland, which really the parts are kind of out the window now because we're going to have Dan Ryland every Wednesday, at least through December 2014, every last Wednesday of the month. And so here is our fourth Wednesday with Dan Ryland as he talks about raising up young leaders. Let's move to part four where you the, the title is Coach and Apprentice. In the chapters there are select the best potential leaders and include emerging leaders. Uh, and I sent you a message. I, I said I remember reading an article some time ago about a journalist who interviewed 15 large church pastors about their churches, and they were pretty long interviews. And the bottom line was only three out of those 15 pastors in the entire interview ever mentioned the word Jesus. And it was kind of shocking to me. So, you know, we get involved in ministry, and we get involved in leadership and, and, and all the, the busyness of ministry. Talk to us about how maybe you have been able to not forget about Jesus, the person, our master, you know, our friend. Uh, how do you do what you do every day in ministry? And again, you're, you know, you're skilled and ready for a lot more speed and pressure than some other guys are. Uh, but either way, how do you, you know, how do you not forget Jesus? Well, I think, I think it's the great healthy approach that that question is a lot like when you talk with a, a, a pastor about could he ever have an affair and the pastor says, well, no, it could never happen to me. Well, that pastor is a fool. Uh, he may have a wonderful marriage and have no intention of a, an affair or divorce or something, but we're all susceptible. So I think it's healthy to, to begin here and say this, we're all susceptible to this and let's not judge each other or uh, condemn, but just say, let's be honest and say, it's possible to override in the busyness of ministry and almost forget why we do this and forget Jesus is our Lord and he is the deliverer and savior. To answer the question, though, part of our DNA, there are three strands of, of DNA at 12 Stone. One is spiritual intensity. The second is creative ideation. And the third is leadership development. And I don't take credit for the spiritual intensity at all. Kevin had that deep in the in the culture and the fabric here before I got here. But uh, it's so part of who we are, and particularly manifests itself in prayer. Uh, even with the Gideon model of a sword for the Lord, we often pray for swords. You're kind of like people come in and see swords in the office. They these people are crazy. They have swords in their office, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's so clear to us. Uh, and even in one of the models we teach of our dependency upon Jesus, our trust in him, the fact that we elevate baptism and salvation, it's just so part of who we are that we would be so crazy and foolish. In the same way, I think if you came and visited, 
And this would be a great test. You should test us. In the same way that if you came and visited, you couldn't be around here for an hour and not hear somebody talking leadership. I don't think you could be here for an hour and not hearing someone talk prayer mm-hmm. and not hear talk, t- talking about the whole reason for who we are and what we do is our relationship with Christ and leading others to Christ. Let me summarize and say, I don't think there's a mechanical thing we do. I think it's organically part of who we are. And I'm going to give credit to Kevin. He just leads so well. He keeps it so deep in the water. And his spiritual intensity is so high that we catch it and we just keep up. We try to keep up. Dan, can you can you talk about what, what makes an apprentice as opposed to just a... Just a volunteer leader. I mean, I, I have a lot of volunteer leaders in my ministry, really great uh, great guys and girls. Um, what what would be the next step? What makes somebody an apprentice? Well, I think when you, you, you back up to the to level before on the team, and, and now, now you're, you know, you're going them from followers, now they're on the team, now you're looking at the team and you're watching the cream rise to the top and who are the best ones. And, and again, don't, it's not about size and numbers. I realize we're talking to smaller churches that, that – you might be talking about one person, mm-hmm. but who, who's rising to the top? And, and, and know this, be, I want to encourage our pastors with this. Your church can be entirely changed by one new leader. Just one new leader can completely change a church. And so while we always want more and lots more and dozens more and all that thing, one new leader can change your church. And so... Uh, when, when you're when you're looking here, when you're selecting the right one, you you are you're looking for this apprentice. You're looking for someone who's not perfect. They're, it's more about potential. You're looking for someone who maybe isn't ready, but requires some development. That you see a spark. You see they're good at something. You see they love the Lord. You see you see this in them, and so uh, you're not looking for someone meaning the right leader who's already there, but someone who you could develop and get there, and. Uh, I don't know. Jump, jump back in if I'm not getting to the core of the answer you're looking for. But, but for us, it's all about potential rather than having people ready to go, com- completely uh, ready as they are. I think I understand. Is, is it an intentional program? Does the apprentice know that they are the apprentice, as it were? I mean, is it like an intentional people know that they're moving down this line? Absolutely. Again, it's in the culture. We have... 19 residents, uh, our version of an intern. Many, many, many of our staff are young 20-somethings, and they're moving up and, and, and change campuses. And, and it's you can feel it in the water. People are growing. They're moving. Uh, sometimes a resident might get hired. And so it's part of the culture where the apprentice idea is you're, you're moving forward. You're rising in your responsibility. You're rising in your influence. You're rising in the load that you carry. Dan, as these as these 20-somethings uh, multiply at your church, you just get older and older, don't you? <laughs> well, I'm, of course, I'm from the Jurassic era, and uh, no, one, <laughs> no one's as old as I am, but uh, <laughs> you, we do. We, we get older. Um, but honestly, there are several of us, you know, there's several of the senior staff in their 40s, and, and then, of course, the ancient, the ancient one, me, uh, and, and my, in my 50s, but I tell you what's really cool about it is when the when all these twenties and thirties and the and the really young ones the residents 
they see we're not trying to hold on to the power. They see we're not trying to control. They see that we're constantly giving them the keys and taking risks. They love that. I think the 20-somethings don't want to be around the, the old guys when the old guys won't let go. Oh. But when the old guys will let go, the 20-somethings love being here. Dan, you're singing the song, man. This is a conversation I've had with a lot of leaders who are around my age and my stage of life. And we, yeah, we need mentor. We recognize that we are all growing and, and, you know, a work in progress. And, you know, someday I'd love to reach my potential. But, you know, I need Jeff. I need that. If we never get the keys, if we never get um, any opportunities to grow and lead, I think 20-somethings will just kind of leave. We're, we're not a patient enough folk <laughs> to wait for it. We're not going to wait for you guys to die out. We, we need some love right <laughs> yeah. now. And, and, and Johnny, we're, we're living way too long right now. We're just living too long. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. Johnny and I had the privilege of, of preaching a message together yesterday, Dan. Uh, I found somebody with chemistry with me that we can literally both stand on the platform and just back and forth preach a message to the end. Uh, it's like a two-headed beast, I think. But <laughs> I, I think it makes it so much more interesting to the people in the pew. And I've not had somebody that I've been able to do that with in the past. I love that model. And that also communicates powerfully to the congregation that you really are about the next gen. And you're willing to, you're literally, physically, literally willing to share authority and, and uh, uh, the platform. That's just a great message. Now, there's, there's this term that you use in the book called the last 10%. I really like this term because I've had to learn the hard way over the years how to speak to the people in my church and to speak to the leaders in my church. And uh, I'm the type of a guy who, who wanted people to like me. You know, John talks about this, John Maxwell, you know, when he was young. And he had said he had to, I'll never forget how hard I laughed when he said he had to decide whether he was going to be a leader or a clown, right, to just, to just uh, <laughs> entertain people. Uh, right. and, and so I've had to learn, talk to us about that last 10%, because uh, for, for those listening, I just think it's so important that they learn this skill and this practice. Yeah, it is tough. It's, that last 10% is uh, literally the, the words and the thoughts, the emotion that typically just doesn't get said. It's out of fear. Uh, as you as you mentioned, uh, I, I, I don't want to offend. I, I want to be liked. I'm just afraid that, of the response. And yet, when we change our mindset to say the last 10% is driven by the fact that we love this person and that we care, and if you deliver it, sometimes when too much emotion gets put into play because somebody has to work up the fuel to 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 deliver this thing that they were afraid to deliver. And so instead of delivering it in a conversational way, they get amped and ramped and they go past conversation and they go almost to mean and overdrive mm. and, and they kind of blow the whole thing. So you've got to have a mindset that the reason I'm doing this is because I care. The reason I'm doing this is because it's going to help them. The reason I'm doing this is because the church and the individual is going to move forward. And then it becomes f relatively easy uh, with some practice to just go ahead and take a deep breath and count to three and then just calmly say it. And here's the practice. Here's the encouragement to the to smaller church pastors. What I've learned over the years is it always goes so much better than you think it will. 
if you'll do it with a calm heart and with a heart for the person, the anxiety and the anxiousness over the over it is usually for not because it you, almost nine out of ten times goes way better than you think it will. Absolutely. So, Dan, in a chapter eight, you, it's called "Include Emerging Leaders," and you write, "Sheltering your apprentices doesn't help them in the long run because they won't learn to lead." And I, I've known pastors, and I, I've worked with guys, and there was almost a sense of, well, I had to pay the pay the dues and do the lowest of the low work and never get recognition. So that's what you have to do too. And and sometimes that smells a little like sheltering uh, an apprentice. So can you explain what what does it look like to not shelter your apprentice, and and why does that help? Why does that help them learn to lead? Well, a couple of examples, one of the real common ones in today's church, whether it's a volunteer or a staff member, is let's take a small group leader and their apprentice. Um, I'm amazed sometimes, I'll say, ask the small group leader, uh, when's the last time you let your apprentice lead? And they say, oh, he doesn't lead, he's just my helper. I said, well, how, how, how can he ever become a small group leader if you don't let him lead some nights and you be quiet and you coach him afterwards? And it's it's amazing how often that happens. So we have to say, no, you have to let your apprentice lead. Let's take it all the way up to the other extreme. I mean, that's a very common, simple kind of thing. Let's take it up to something more more risky. We have something we do here called 20-something Sunday, where there's 13, you know, well, 10, 11, I don't know how many, 10, 11, 12, almost, almost one per service, like 13 communicators over all the different services and all the different campuses where we'll get our 20-somethings and residents and Kevin steps aside, we all step aside, the communicators step aside and we put the 20-somethings up and we let them all communicate across all the campuses and all the services and of course they're coached ahead of time and then they're videotaped and they're coached afterwards and a lot of things are happening beside the obvious development and the pouring into and you got to give them reps got to give them a shot the young communicators the other thing is that the congregation is watching this happen they're they're watching the older guys step aside and give the young 20 somethings a shot and they and they cheer for them they want them to win it's amazing and then and then like i said we afterwards we we go over game tape with them and coach them and so you just if you really believe what you're saying then you gotta you gotta give them the keys and give them a shot and let them try stuff. That's great. And and again, this is just something that's transferable across any size church. To absolutely, yeah. uh, one pastor in a church of of a, of a hundred and some, he might have one twenty something that's just a sharpie. Well, let that one twenty something have a shot once in a while. If they I should add one qualifier. It's not just anybody who has a song on their heart. These are people who are who have a a potential or clarified call to ministry. Wow, just more great content from our conversation with Dan Ryland. I'm looking forward to having him on the podcast more in the future. Every time that I re-listen to these interviews that we did with Dan Ryland, it's like I learn more stuff. Well, I don't know if we've even told our podcast listeners. Dan has agreed to sign with us for the year 2014. That's right. We pulled him off the free agency wire, and now... Here he is, going to be helping out at 200 churches. Well, we kind of like this Dan Ryland once a month thing, and yeah. we contacted him and said, hey, would you like to continue doing this with us uh, into the future? And so he said, hey, let's do 2014 as an experiment, because we might just want to drop him at the end of 2014, you know? The, <laughs> it's the, a one-year contract. Listener might, listeners might start waning, and uh, we don't know, but Dan has just got an unlimited depth 
of experience, yes. experience and wisdom in leading church staffs and in working in ministry. So we're so happy to be able to tap into that wisdom throughout the coming year, the last Wednesday of every month. This conversation that we had, Dan said a lot of things, and he is a really big church and a really big staff at that big church. And, and because of that, they've got this whole internship program that they can run and, and all this kind of stuff. But as small church pastors, we don't have to be discouraged that we don't have some internship mill that we're just cranking out these top-level prospects. As small church pastors, we still have the ability to do the things that he was talking about in this episode, and one of those things is to find and train young leaders. And maybe in your church, it's just one. It might be just one young leader. Uh, one person who stepped forward and showed interest in the ministry might have a call to the ministry, and you have the opportunity to train that person, to connect with that person. And, and even though you don't have some huge you know, program that you're running people through, you still have the ability to do that, to make that difference with one person. And let me throw out a thought. Our children's ministries director starts in, I believe, the fifth grade with our kids. We, we have a children's church for four years old through the second grade. So really small kids for children's church. But I think it's either fourth or fifth grade that Jen starts moving our kids into that children's church time, giving them responsibilities, just serving cookies, sitting with kids who might just need somebody to sit with them, just helping out in whatever way they can help out. So our kids beginning in the fifth grade are learning how to serve and learning that service is just something that you do. It's not anything special. It's not over and above. It's just something that we do. We serve. And so in your church, you may have kids that are 10, 11, 12. That's not too young to begin training young leaders, just giving them opportunities to serve, to make service just a natural part of what, what a person does in church. So you don't need a 20-something. You might just need a 10-something, you know, a 10, 11, or 12-year-old raising up young leaders really starts that young. And I've seen, when she started doing this in our church, I've seen these kids really go into their junior high and high school years with this idea that, yeah, we just help out. We it's just, just become part of, part of the culture. It's part of what it is. So look around your church. I mean, honestly, take a good look. Look at the people who, and look at their talent areas. The, the areas, you know, are they caring? Are they uh, talented communicators? You know, if, if they're kids, uh, you can start to work on that stuff now. If they're uh, older teenagers, you can start to really invest in them. If they are 20 or 30 something, I mean, how can you use them on a Sunday morning or to do a special event or something? So really, Take these ideas that we've talked about with Dan Ryland, and you can put these into action. I get frustrated sometimes that I don't have this program that almost runs itself, where I just get I just get my volunteers moving through, and then they become interns and apprentices and all this. That can be frustrating, but don't let it stop you from investing in the life of young leaders. And like Jeff said, that could be like a 10-year-old uh, or a 30-year-old, but find somebody and invest in them because what you're investing in is the future of the kingdom of God. Absolutely. Now, as we wrap this episode up, again, we want to say to the people listening in the United States, happy Thanksgiving. This is Thanksgiving week. This is Thanksgiving week 2013, so we hope that you are having a great Thanksgiving or have had one, depending on when you listen. And again, uh, take an opportunity. We would welcome you to take any opportunities 
to share this podcast with other pastors of small churches because, again, our whole goal is to encourage pastors of small churches. So thank you for listening to this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. Feel free to give the guys feedback or ask questions at 200churches.com. And remember, the leadership that you provide in your 200 church matters big in the kingdom of God.